Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And you're listening to the, our Easter special, post-Easter special episode of uh, Asian Bitches Down Under. Yay. I have had a very busy week. Um, Helen, how was your week? Yeah, my well, my fortnight was all right. You know, I got the kids out early <laughs> from the school yes. holidays. Helen yeah. is a great mother and <laughs> pulls I? her kids out of the school, of the school early. <laughs> well, I just think I, I'd like to use the term great mother Forever and no longer use any other derogatory word to describe mothers. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I pulled the kids out from school <laughs> for an early holiday, just a couple of days up on the Blue Mountain. But the reason nice. being that I can't book anything that's during school holidays. Like I booked right. too late and everyone's doing domestic mm. traveling within the States now. So yeah. like, within New South Wales, like, I mean, yeah. there's people traveling interstate. Mm. But because of, you know, what happened in the last couple of months that usually you have a massive outbreak just before yeah. Easter a or holiday, holiday. Yeah. Christmas. We had Christmas last year and then Easter, yeah. I think, was um, Brisbane had like a minor outbreak. Um, mm. Anyway, um, I booked a couple of days up in the Blue Mountain, uh, the Airbnb, and just took the kids and the dogs up there to... Do a couple of bushwalks, yeah, and visit nice. gardens. We can't do the usual touristy things like the scenic railway. Oh, yeah. is that close? No, that's not close. It's just not accessible for dogs and it will be very oh, difficult. Right. But we found out a lot of walks that is accessible by for the dogs, which is really good. Mm. Like the, yeah. not the national parks, but the council operator parks and a couple of the waterfalls that we can visit as well, those were really good. Mm. And we were lucky because the week before we had, you know, massive, massive rain. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, last week was relatively dry. Yeah. How about you? Mm. Um, Well, well, my partner and I stayed in Sydney during the long weekend, which was a lot of fun because we we drove around and saw family and friends Mm -hmm. and um, there were, like, barely any cars around. So it was, like, really quite nice to, like, Mm -hmm. drive down King Street and not be stopped literally like every second by cars because um like that is the story of my life driving (laughs) through king street to get to um friends and family places Uh um and so it was nice yeah uh, so we're doing the batman chronology Mm -hmm. like we're going through all the batman um, movies starting with the 89 film with who was the first one michael keaton was the first Mm -hmm. one i think 
Yeah, and Kim Basinger, Basinger, she was the first um, hu- um sort of female figure, a love interest. Very poorly done. <laughs> not not her uh, actress, like just her role was so awful. Uh-huh. And then we um watched the four or five other ones, and we've like I think the other night we we are currently at um the one we're about to start the one with um the Dark Knight, so the one with uh Heath Ledger. Okay, so but, um, you've gone through yeah. the, the Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer. Yeah, George gonna, Clooney. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, oh, that's very fast. And I think that's all. Yeah, now we are at Christian Bale. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very interesting that um the the ones in the past um, were much more campy, mm-hmm. and sort of like ludicrous and funny and. <laughs> And the recent ones with Christian Bale are very, very serious. Yeah. Extremely serious and somber in tone. It's really interesting. I think Christian Bale often plays the role that is just very dark and very sad. You know, he, he reflects on the... the um, What's the first film I've seen him in? Like, it was not a very old one. The, the American Cycle. Mm. He was in that one, wasn't it? As in the, the yeah, newer yeah. version. Patrick yeah, yeah. So he plays that kind of role very well, I think. Dark. Well, yeah, he, he yeah, yeah, he he's um he's got a great face. Mm. So what was the reason um, that you start watching the Batman oh, series? Oh, well, I think I wanted to just do something with him. Um we were just curious to go through a whole series of like uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we I think our next series is going to be the Godzilla or King Kong movies <laughs> because like we want to do that yeah. before we go see the next film the latest um, which film is yeah. the, the latest film yeah Kong and Godzilla uh-huh. versus Godzilla wow Godzilla okay yeah Godzilla because I never thought of you watching those type of films yours that's what my friend Martha said yesterday when I told her she's like uh, I don't associate you with Batman yeah. and I was like but I but I like like stupid Hollywood films <laughs> Sometimes you just have to unwind your brain. That's what our dad always yeah. said. Like he said that he wants to go into uh, cinemas to watch something that is stupid, violent, and exciting, and that he doesn't need to operate any of his brain cells. Right, yeah. right, right. I, I guess I that's his pur- the purpose of entertainment. You know, you just have to. Yeah, unwind. I love my dad. Over the weekend, <laughs> um, we Helen and I met up with the family for the grave ceremony event, mm. which we're actually going to talk about this episode. And I said, to, my, my, my question to my father every time I see him is, what movie have you seen? Mm-hmm. And my father, the legend that he is, <laughs> said to me on Sunday, he watched You've Got Mail oh, yeah. on Saturday night by himself. Uh-huh. And I was like, what a fucking yeah. legend. What else did he watch? I think someone mentioned um, While You Were Sleeping as well. Wasn't yeah, it? Andrew, yeah, Andrew. Andrew mentioned, yeah, uh, yeah um, that's a great, like... <laughs> favorite of his family as well i just remember us as kids re-watching the while you were asleep like oh while you were yeah, sleeping seriously every every, every like single <laughs> yeah yeah i know why were we so obsessed with that film because there's they, so they, weird. they are interesting characters in it yeah right you know, the old guy yeah soul soul and the Annoying, what, the, was it the landlord's kid? Ashley Barkley Baker. There was a chubby young dude that he, yeah. like, Sandra Yeah, was hitting yeah, on he was, um, yeah, Sandra he was Bullock, really yeah. Funny. He was, yeah, kind of really weird. And he was in the closet <laughs> trying on his her bra yeah. or something. Yeah. Peter Gallagher. It's great that you remember the names. I cannot remember all the actors' names. Yeah. Oh, no, I've only seen it about 50,000 times. <laughs> what did you watch this week? I watched uh, Booksmart and Moxie. I do feel okay. like we can do an episode on Moxie because it's a very yeah. um, white feminist 
target type of film. There are some great elements in it, but from mm-hmm. what I've watched uh, in between Booksmart, Moxie, and the film that we did previously, Work It, last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, with um, Sabrina that. Carpenter. Yeah, I wrote down a couple of elements that is, is so essential for this type of American slash feminist team movie. Yeah, like, and what is it? Some of the key essence needs to be like the protagonist must be white, preferably mm-hmm. nerdy. Yeah. Then must be like a fucking annoying asshole white jock. <laughs> the yeah. kind of face that you just want to punch. Yeah. The next one is that all families in the movies are rich. Yeah, you know, totally. They're just so they rich. Have to be. Yeah, yeah, they, they're, they're, um, they're, yeah. They have massive ho- um bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And the supporting characters must be Asian slash black slash gay or trans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're all some sort of other. Yeah, there must be, yeah. And then the next one's party. There must be a party where underage mm-hmm. kids drink, make out, yeah. jump into the pool. It seems like it happens on ev- in every yeah. teen movie, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then... The pool is a space of like sort of palatable sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because where you can take all your clothes off. Yeah, and clothes you off, just yeah, make without out being explicit. Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what else do I have here? Oh... Um, talk about feminism, but through white gaze only. So yeah, you don't totally. talk about feminism through intersectionality yeah. and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the next ones have black, indigenous, and people of color characters to educate the white characters about their struggles. Yeah. They always have to be God, like, kill me. Tell, been told, like the protagonists have been told because they're just not clever enough to get it themselves. Mm. The last two are to have the black indigenous uh, people of color characters blamed for what the white protagonist has done. For example, they always have to be taken the blame or mm. they will be punished in some way. The la- yeah. uh, last one is that the white protagonist hit the rock bottom but risen up very quickly. As in they, mm. they, they're sad, they're frustrated about the certain situation they've gone through. But it, it almost feels like most of those team films, like in the last 10 minutes, it just quickly resolve every problem they have faced in the past yeah. you know, an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. I know that Helen and I, we are, will do a whole pod on Booksmart, but I just wanted to say mm. when I did start watching it this weekend um, by myself in my room, mm-hmm. I laughed out loud so like... I wouldn't say so much, but the, the, the intensity of my laugh out loud was like a sort of intensity and a severity that I haven't actually experienced in a long time. Oh, like wow, it was okay. so good. Like the one-liners in that movie was so freaking funny. And like that Which one was... scene where that one scene when Molly goes to the party and like she imagines her crush, um, the guy who she oh, start likes, dancing um, with her. Yeah, so that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was funny. such a good. I thought there was parodying La La Land. Was it supposed to be yeah, parody I La La? It was yeah, a right. Parody of La La Land yeah. as well. That yes. was oh my god. That was Even like the music, then, the style, and, yeah, of the dance. And then and then you know when they get high accidentally and then mm-hmm. the um, movie get becomes animation. Yeah, for, like, like five the Barbie minutes. dolls for yeah, the minutes. Yeah, that was so clever. Like yeah, it was I just it was really clever too. Yeah. It was just incredible. Like and my favorite character was actually. Um, Ryan, who is the crush of Amy, her best friend, uh-huh. um, the sort of non-binary person who ends yep. up hooking up with the jock, which is so unexpected. But mm-hmm. so what? I don't have any complaints about that. Gigi was another very fame, like funny character. <laughs> she was just like, really yeah, popping yeah. up all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I loved it so much. I haven't actually reached the end, so when we're, we're when not going to talk about it. We should too be much, yeah. doing a, yeah a pod about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so what about bookwise, Helen? What have you been reading? Uh, I've started reading The Stolen Bicycle by Wu Ming Yi uh, about mm-hmm. a week and a half ago. So mm-hmm. I'm two thirds of the way through the book. So mm-hmm. this is one of the books that is going to be involved in our upcoming project. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. To be announced. It? Yeah, to be announced. Yeah. Um, so Wu Ming Yi is a Taiwanese author, and this book has been, I think it's long listed for men yeah. bookers. So it's it was internationally long known. For a man yeah. Booker. Yeah, it was the first book to be nominated, long listed from a Taiwanese author, Taiwanese, I believe. Yeah. So far, I think it's, it's going well. I, I feel like it's the type of language and the writing style that I can accept, as in it's mm. not very complicated and it's very, mm. I wouldn't say fresh. But I'll say it's very original in the sense that he writes and combines a lot of little stories from a person's life and the relationship with a bicycle uh, through generations. I think mm. some people might find it a bit difficult to digest because it does pop up. It does have a lot of um, small side stories popping up. Right. And I feel like I'm very connected to this book because I've just recently finished watching a Taiwanese drama which is based on his other novel called Magician on the Skyway, which is um, like a reflection of his childhood as well. But Magician on the Skyway portrays uh, a couple of family in Taipei in the 80s living or in a very centralized like market area. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a couple of stories that it was really, really sentimental in a way that it's also very sad because he, like we've seen through the lens of 2021 or 2020 mm. Um, mm. in this century, but he's telling a couple of stories that is very um, based on the LGBTQI plus yeah. Um, yeah. community, which mm-hmm. was, you know, very unaccepted back in that, you know, 1980s back in Taiwan. Yeah. And it was just really sad that there was one story, I don't know, I'm going to cry now. There was one story where he um, he talked about, um, I think it was, mm. I'm not quite sure it was in the novel or not, but um, well, in a TV drama that they had one of the gay kid who's in his like early 20s and always been pushed mm. around, but he was helping his dad, like an old dad, as in like, um, you know how those uh, Chinese mandarins, they don't have any kids and they go on to... Taiwan, they have no family and they adopt kids. Right. I so he was adopted that. by a very elderly gentleman who was like yeah. running like a dumpling noodle shop. Nice. And they are very close, and the old man doesn't care if his kids are gay. He knows. Yeah. He knows yeah. that from how he dressed, how he talks, he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but the kid was being pushed around and always being called. Um, there's a term in Taiwanese called. Ka'a or something like that. Ka'a. Yeah. As in, oh, you're stupid gay or something like that. Yeah. 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 Back in the 80s, <clears throat> which is the derogatory term to call them. In the drama, they played out a scene that actually happened in Taiwan during the mm-hmm. 90s. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I should give a trigger warning before, you know, before this. The kid was bullied in at the toilet, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then he was accidentally being pushed onto the ground. And you know how... Um, most of the toilets in Taiwan, they have tiles and very wet mm. and sometimes they're mm. not very clean. Yeah. And he, his head hit the ground and all the kids just um, ran away and not helping him. Mm-hmm. And he died in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah, this happened in the 90s. 
but the TV drama played out the same scenario, and it was、mm. so sad. Okay, and at that moment, that when I was watching that ten, the five minutes that the scene was playing out, I was like, okay, I gotta contain my emotion. But <laughs> the last ten minutes, I couldn't because it continues through how the、um, old gentleman grieving for his adopted son. Mm. And he、mm. he's like calling out into the thin air, saying that Xiao Ba, which is the the boy's name, right? Xiao Ba, don't come back to this place. Right,、yeah. this is an evil place. Right,、yeah. please don't come back ever. <laughs> It was yeah. just so yeah. sad. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I I really like that you can do this. I I I am grateful that you can go and watch these kind of things because just even hearing you talk about it um makes me really upset and like. I wonder what it is within you that seeks out these sort of stories that are so upsetting. It's very popular in Taiwan in the past two week,、uh, two months because Wu Mingyi is like a top writer in Taiwan. Yeah, he's like you, like you said, he's like a trend <laughs> <Trent> doctor. <laughs> <Yeah> . But he writes about a lot of、uh, diversity in Taiwan as well. As in, for example, the Magician in Skyway is probably the first Taiwanese TV drama I've seen. That has、mm. combined、um, not only Taiwanese, like the local、uh, ma- major dialect. They combine、mm. Hakka, which is、oh, another right, dialect,、right. and、yeah. also indigenous language as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, and also the cultures as well. So, the combination of the, the diversity in that drama really、mm. um, kind of flourished、uh, in the sense that people want to watch it. It's been really popular the past couple of months. It has.、Uh, it's shown on the Asian Netflix. Which、right. I'm quite upset because it's not on show on Netflix here. I really want yeah, everyone yeah. to watch it. Hopefully,、yeah. Australian Netflix can consider to purchase it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's really brilliant. Yeah.、Uh, well, while you were talking about your meaningful consumption of that TV series, I was thinking, and here I am watching Batman. Useless, useless, useless use of my time.、Um, I have been delving into the traumatic space of、um, surgery, surgeons,、oh, surgery、yep. training、uh-huh. in Australia、oh. um, through the memoir、uh, called "Emotional Female" by、mm-hmm. Yumiko, Yumiko. Dota. Yeah, she 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 is a、uh, uh, Japanese Australian. Basically, she's Australian, but she's like her her, her parents are Japanese.、Mm-hmm. She her memoir is quite long. I struggled to finish it in my usual time of one or two days because it、mm. was like four, more than four hundred pages. Wow! But, but nothing about it was boring. Every page、mm-hmm. was re- like she's a really good writer. Like I'm, I'm not saying it's like literary. You know, it's definitely not literary, but it's like a super easy read. And she's a、mm-hmm. very clean writer, which is、oh, wow. I think okay, what I、yeah. always、good. just、uh, that's my first priority. If you're a clean writer,、mm-hmm. I I I will sit down and listen to you. You know. And、mm-hmm. um, I said in this because this is a SMH review book. I said in my review that this book could have been retitled "All the Ways That My Dreams Were Thwarted by Male Surgeons," <laughs> because like li- literally, like every single chapter is just like、um, anecdote after anecdote of fucking cunt male surgeons just、mm. being total cunts to her. Seriously,、oh, like, if if、God. you are to believe all these, oh that, or if you are to believe, which I do,、um, that. Surgeons, male surgeons in Australia are as she portrays them. I swear they're all fucking cunts. It's just absolutely awful what she puts up with.、Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just kept thinking, I cannot believe anyone would willingly, willingly put themselves through um, surgery, surgery training. Like, if you want to become a surgeon in Australia, if you mm. and and if you're a woman, you fucking have to have like skin as thick as like two hundred rhinoceroses. Seriously, it's just like. Like, I really implore people to read it because it's just so fucking eye-opening, like, how horrifying the world of trying to be a surgeon in Australia is. For that's, a that's, woman. Yeah, yeah, for a woman. It's Seriously, yeah. it's just... Uh, yeah, all of the surg- male surgeons sounds like total fucking cunts. Like, I don't say that lightly. They just, they just mm. like... They just see you and tease. <laughs> through and through. They, like... They, like... They just treat her like shit. They're awful. They're awful human beings. I can't believe I had a crush yeah. on mine. <laughs> it just shows how the the system is set up to benefit oh, totally. males and yeah. raising up barriers for females to enter a particular mm-hmm. industry or a particular career. Yeah. It should be equaled and everyone who is smart enough or have a passion to do certain things. But... It always seems like just the dominating of the space by the male, which is really traumatizing, I think. It's not a safe yeah. space. I can understand no, no, if yeah. you have that kind of workplace, how traumatizing it could be. Yeah. And beyond that will be like what I've like what I've read in, you mm. know, the Invisible Woman that we've mentioned mm. oh, yeah. earlier. Wait, have you got that book still? Yeah, I've got that book. <gasps> and you need to give it to me. Okay, I'll give. I'll, I'll pass it on to you next time when I see okay. you. Yeah. Anyway, how in the Invisible Woman, um, Caroline has talked about how little that woman's medical needs are exactly. being looked after. Exactly. Because exactly. we are always being considered as othered, and mm. the defaults a ton and you know the the default body type or the default yeah. there's always a man kind yeah. of illness symptoms is always the man's one yeah 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 totally it it's like yeah um I, I really really want people to go out and read this book it's incredible it's just it's such a it's just, yeah it, it's just like i often <laughs> i know and i often still and i always will believe that women who make, make it in any way in a male-dominated space are like twice or three times more um, smarter than the men who work in that yeah, space because definitely. they've had to they've had they to have to fight for other so yeah much. fight for other shit that the men just don't have to struggle yeah. with. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's just it's such an awesome read. It's such an awesome read. Um, and and I guess in between my reviews, people often ask me how do I find time to re- like fight, read my own stuff, you know? Mm. Um, but I do because I love reading and um, my. One of my good friends, Emma, shout out to Emma, um, gave me, let me, um, Zadie Smith's collection of poem, uh, po- uh, essays, which she published last year, Intimations, mm-hmm. to read um, uh, two days ago. And so I'm going through that. It's really slim. It's like, I have it here with me so I can show Helen through FaceTime. It's like, oh yeah, see, it's not. Uh, it's less than it's, 100 pages. It's like 81 oh, right. pages. Uh-huh. And they're and, essays. Um, yeah, they're very short essays. Uh-huh. That's good. And they're so... Good. They're just so clean. It's like mm-hmm. when I read her essays, it's like eating, um, it's like eating pepperseya butter, or like, um, or like eating really good truffle butter, or mm-hmm. like just 
or like feeling a Chanel bag or something like that. <laughs> just you know, the it's just smoothness something, about it. Yeah, yeah. There's something like really expensive and small. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Sounds and like good. her essay, her essay, the first one, Peonies, is like I've read it about five, six times now. It's just like so flawless. Everything she, the way she writes sentences, you know, is just mm-hmm. so clean. Such clean writing. <laughs> Great. I love it. Yeah. Do we have any news that you want to talk about or mention um, before we head into a break? I guess for people, uh, there was like really tragic news in Taiwan mm, that perhaps okay. Helen, you can just maybe brief us on a little bit. Yeah. So I think it was on last Saturday, on Easter Saturday, Taiwan mm. um, has a train derail. Do we call it derailment? I don't. Yeah, is that yeah. a word? Derailment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the east coast, where there's a uh, fifty-one casualties, mm. which is a very big number in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Probably the biggest um, train accident in the past few decades. So what yeah. happened was that usually on the east coast, they only have east coast. The climate in the east coast and the formation of the landscape is. I don't know how to describe it. It's just. Have you been to the east coast of Taiwan? Never eat soggy weebigs. Um, no, I've only been to the west coast. East, yeah. I haven't. East is a very difficult place to get to because it's oh, yeah. so hilly yeah, mountains. And yeah. It's not really. I wouldn't say it's really fully developed, but the transportation over towards the east coast cities are very hard. You either travel by train, which have mm-hmm. several tunnels um, mm-hmm. through the mountains, or you mm-hmm. go by very winding like cliff type of roads Mm. by like the um, bus or you drive Um, I've traveled once um, by the train a couple years ago and this train which is the one that had the accident is Mm. the same one that we traveled a couple years ago so the derailment happened because there was a construction cart that accidentally well at the moment they're not so accidentally because it's a man-made yeah fault yeah yeah um the, the construction car fall onto the track and right. it you know caused the accident and the yeah. train it just i think was at the beginning of the tunnel that it ran onto the um construction car and it derailed and the front or the back can't remember i think it was the front four carts fully derailed and caused 51 casualties so far jesus christ and it happened on the day that is the you know um the long weekend, the first day of long weekend, so so many people that that train was fully packed. Like yeah. everyone's going back their home for the gather the grave sweeping. Yeah, Qingmingjie. Yeah. So it was really sad. I think investigation is still going on now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awful. That's yeah. from Taiwan. Yeah, that's really awful. That's really sad. I saw that on Facebook there are um, GoFundMe's mm-hmm. that are trying to raise money for the victims. Mm. Um, it's really, really sad. I know that um, Tsai Ing-wen, the president, has come out to show her support and, um, you know, rally on that. Um, she's still behind the investigation mm-hmm. that's still going on about the cause of the accident. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, if finding some, the people responsible will will be in any way comforting for those families of those deceased. But, I mean, it's important to do these things, you know, so that those these things don't happen again in the fu- in the future. It's mm-hmm. just it's so it's such a shock also because 
um, Taiwan is actually not developing country. You know, these things don't happen in Taiwan. It's yeah, like yeah. such a it's such a freak accident. It seems like it because you know the transportation system in Taiwan is like as good as Japan's. Almost, you know? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah but. It, then again, you never know because there are people saying that there's corruption behind the fraud. Right. You know, people making shortcuts for right. infrastructures and things like that. You know, yeah. those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we'll take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about Qingmingjie, which is Grave Sweeping Day, <laughs> which is what Helen and I celebrated this Sunday with our family. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Oh, so Helen, Qingmingjie, uh, uh, tell us what it's all about. Okay, so firstly, I'm going to start with the history of Qingming. Um, there are actually two stories that is based in the uh, Chinese folktale about how Qin, we still celebrate Qingming uh, nowadays. Mm-hmm. So firstly, uh, Qingming's historical hi- hi- uh, story, so apparently at the end of Qin dynasty, the Qin Chao, mm-hmm. The Q I M one, not Q I N G one. This is the very first oh. dynasty in China. Um, it's between B C two two one to two o seven, according to Wikipedia. Uh, the emperor at that time, Gao Zu, his original name is Liu Bang. So at the at the end of one battle, he returned home and thought about visiting his parents' grave. However, when he approached the graveyard, he noticed that most of the tombs were destroyed and can hardly recognize the names on the tomb. Even though that he asked all his subordinates to look for his parents' grave, they still couldn't find it. So at the end of the day, uh, Liu Bang just took out a piece of paper, tear it into smaller pieces, and for some reasons he say, like shouting out to the sky, saying that, my dear parents, if you're out there, please give me guidance to your tombstone. So he tossed the paper mm. into the sky. As the wind blew it, uh, the paper landed at one grave. And Liu Bang approached that mm. grave and recognized the blurry engraving on the tomb was his parents' names. So Liu Bang immediately hired people to restore his parents' grave and also clean the surroundings. Uh, from then on, the citizens of the empire followed the emperor to visit the grave of their family on early days of April to like give offerings, clean the areas of the grave, and now we call the day Grave Sweeping Day. Sao <laughs> um, right. you know, Sao is yeah, literally yeah. Grave Sweeping. Um, yeah. So most Chinese families do continue the tradition having some small pieces of paper when they visit the grave to indicate that the, the family remembered uh, to come and, you know, tidy up this grave. Because the very traditional ones in Taiwan, I don't know about other Asian um, Chinese, like Asian countries with Chinese diasporas, mm. uh, with the tu zhang, which is burial, it's very, wow. usually it's up at the mountain, uh, away from like what human residential areas are. Not, yeah. It's very different to what happens in Australia where you have a suburb and sometimes there's you know, like a graveyard or what do you call it? Yeah. yeah. Nearby cemetery. cemetery. Yeah, exactly. And so in Taiwan, they have the graveyard cemeteries up in the mountain. 
So, you know, the grass grow up very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It, it can get really, really, like, um, kind of bushy and rowdy yeah, yeah. really quickly. Uh-huh. So, on this day, <laughs> I remember even yeah. our... Yeah, I, I remember, remember when our mum's dad even, like... Oh, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> this he, like, took a, experience. Took, he, like... Yeah, well, he was going... We, we went to clean our grandmother's grave once and then... Um, we saw him like take a piss on the side near like remember that yeah he took a piss in not not on someone else's grave but like no no no, but he took a piss on a space of grass space where there was no grave obviously but it was funny how long ago was that kind of i didn't even know maybe like 12 years ago i actually don't know i don't remember how long ago he because now he's passed now akong is now passed Uh away um but it was obviously yeah before I see. He passed away. <laughs> anyway, so on the day, family visited the grave and they'll offer food, um, including some meat produce, wine, rice cakes, eggs, and fruit. Uh, I mentioned fruit, yeah. Anyway, so mm. Chin Min, the characters derived from the natural, like a climate happening during the first week of April, which is in the northern hemisphere, not in the south. Most Asian areas, uh, uh, which has uh, Chinese diasporas up on northern hemisphere. So according to like the historical weather and meteorological data, between 3rd and the 5th of April are often the, the days that the temperature sun rise, you know, because it's a spring mm. day and the daylight becomes longer. Chin is clear, mm. mean is bright. It is also mm-hmm. a tradition that for family head outdoors and experience a warm spring day. Um, I guess that's why we have, like, down here in Southern Hemisphere, the daylight saving ends usually on the first couple of days of April as well. So we're, like, the opposite. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, which means that our daylight will be, become shorter. Mm-hmm. Another story that um, have the, the genesis, genesis of, uh, of, this, of festival. this festival is called, is also called um, Cold Food Day, Han Shi Jie. Okay. Um, because often of that, that during Qingming, we don't eat cooked. I mean, we eat cooked food, but we don't eat uh, food that is hot. As in, Why? remember that we used to eat spring rolls, that rimbing, the Taiwanese one, where yeah. we just uh, yeah. mom cooked everything and you rolled up yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's another Chinese folk tale. During the Chunqiu period, there's a prince called. Chong Er, he was escaping the chaos in the royal family. You know, those ones that brother killing each other and the step queen killing mm. their sons to obtain the throne. Uh, very much like mm. a king, uh, Game of Thrones type of scenario. So one day he reached the outskirts of the nation. His servant, Jie Zhi Tui, and himself felt extremely hungry. Um, just bear in mind, this is a very long time ago, so it does not, mm. it's not the same of our own comprehension now. So his servant yeah. cut off some flesh from his own side and cooked the soup for the prince. Mm. Once the chaos was over and the prince returned to the kingdom, the servant left the kingdom and went back to his old home to live with his mum and never really asked mm. for reward saving his prince's life by cooking his own flesh. The prince wanted to find out where the servant had now living, but it was, he was unsuccessful. For a while, like, um, one of his subordinates told him that, oh, um, I know that uh, your servant, Jie Zitui, was living in a certain mountain area, and perhaps if we burn three sides of the mountain, the servant will try to escape the mountain, and he will come down to the kingdom 
then you'll be able mm. to see him. Yeah. So stupid enough, the prince listened to this idea and he just start like he light up the um the mountain and burn the mount the mountains burned three day and three nights. Unfortunately, with some villagers escaped the fire, Jie Zitui, which is a servant, was nowhere to be seen. Later, Jie Zitui's body was found under a willow tree with his mother's uh, body. The prince deeply regret what he has done and commanded that Qinmin should be a cold food day as well and ban the citizens not to lit fire for cooking and can only eat cold food or the food that had been prepared earlier that had been eaten cold during those three days to commemorate his dead servant mm. so during Qinmin in the past years in our family we eat runbin which is mm. um, made by um, it's like a type of spring roll but back in Taiwan we tend to get the pre-made uh, spring roll sheets from the markets mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You can buy them now here in Australia. Those are the, from the frozen sections of some Asian groceries um, oh, shops. Okay. Yeah. But I tend to make my own, which is mm. a bit of hassle because you have to brush the batter onto the nonstick pan and you have to quick, once it's like within two yeah. seconds, it's cooked and you have to lift it up at the yeah. edge. Try not to yeah, burn your yeah. fingers. Um I've shown yeah. one. I've shared one of the picture on our Instagram account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the 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 fillings include like shredded egg omelets, bean sprouts, cucumber, icing sugar, icing sugar, icing sugar peanut, and pa peanut powder. Pe other pe peanut secret powder ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what we did on Sunday. Yeah. We had it with bao yeah, it instead of the spring roll on Sunday. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. My friend actually mentioned one of the interesting facts that I never know about mm. the ancestry um, plates that we have on the altar. Altar, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, I never really look into it, but she said if you look into that plate, behind it, there's small slots where which mm. you can slot in with na uh, names on the bamboo, piece of bamboo, and those mm. pieces of bamboo indicate the spirits of your ancestors. <laughs> so when really? we die, if our kids are willing to, we have our own names, and it's like SD cards <laughs> into camera or like a certain device to indicate wow. that the ancestors' names is behind the plate. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. Mm. There's so many like cool little things that, and rituals that have in these cultures yeah i didn't know that one cultures yeah. that yeah yeah car yeah how cool i mean in your fa if if in, within your own family um would you celebrate this or do you think you follow it just because our parents do it i think i follow it because our parents do it at the moment yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like we will yeah. have to talk to them about what they want us to do once they passed on yeah yeah because um, i don't know these dates I don't know them at all. It's only I, mean, I remember I... the date. Oh, do you? But okay. for the sake of the food, I think I usually remember the dates because I want to eat the particular food. Oh, you know, right. I love that. When we're growing up, yeah. that's, the, that's the memory that we have when we're growing up. On yeah. a particular festival, yeah. you eat particular food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the next festival? I think the next festival will be Duangwu Jie, which is a oh, what's that? Um, dragon boat. Yeah, and yeah. when's that? 
Uh, it will be around mid summer up on the northern hemisphere. So I, I can, I'm guessing so around July, July, winter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's exciting. Anyway, mm. I want to talk about like the cultural tradition in Taiwan, because mm. we're talk how we talk about grave sweeping, and it's actually a very patriarchal type of festival because mm. I think it it doesn't happen as common now in Taiwan, but back in on in our you know when our parents first got married, I think the married women are not allowed to go back to their own. Family to do grave sweeping, which means that she cannot mm -hmm. visit her own ancestors or her own grandparents. Mm -hmm. She can only mm -hmm. do like the grave sweeping for her husband's home because the wife right. has been considered as a property of the husband's family. Mm. Um, mm. So she will have to follow the traditions of the husband's family, like clean the grave, burn the joystick, like very patriarchy. Mm -hmm. What else I've got here on my notes? I think it's like a traditional threat. For the wives, because when I was growing up, I hear stories saying that oh, if you are married, you cannot come back to your own home yeah. to do certain ceremonies because you'll bring yeah. bad luck. Yeah. yeah, and God, being a woman is just like so evil. Yeah, it was like it's like rooted in our mythology. It is, it is definitely because I looked up all the、um, folk tales in Taiwan. And notice that a lot of ghost stories that we, I, or at least I grew up, is usually female ghosts. Yeah, like there's yeah, barely not. I don't think there was a lot of male ghosts, but there were so many stories that surrounded female ghosts who are either widowed or who are single women.、Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it's been long considered as a bad luck to society, like women who are infertile, they. Are considered to be useless to the society, which is very. Yeah. I I don't even know how to say, like this kind of derogatory label, you know. It's yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's so awful, and perceiving the honor of the family is above anything else. Yeah. I really hate、yeah. it because that's why I I didn't really like Mulan when I was watching when I was、mm. growing up because they always talk about honor. Like honor is so important for the family. It should be before anything. Like I really yeah, hated that.、Me. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that a lot of stories in Taiwan that is surrounding female ghosts is because、um, when there's a there's a say in Taiwan that when you don't have a home, you don't have an ancestry graveyard to be buried. Yeah. That you become、yeah. like a wandering ghost. Yeah. So it happens to some widow woman or who being forced to、uh, leave home because she had an affair or single woman、mm. who are unmarriedable things like that.、Mm. Um, yeah. I've got four Taiwanese female ghost story in front of me. I, I took this out from like one of the on Facebook. The、mm -hmm. most famous one is Lin Toujie. So oh my god! Please tell us about that. So she was—I don't have the detail because it would go on very long. So essentially, she was、uh, been fraud, and then she was how do you say this? Pianqin, as in what's that? Like she fall in love, but the guy dump her or something like that,、mm. and then she commits suicide. Right. And、okay. the second one is Lu Zhu Miao Shang Xiang Bai Shang Xiang Shao Jin. I never heard of this one, but it says that. She was married, but because of 
her being having an affair true to her so-called true love, she was murdered by her uh, husband's family. Oh my god. The third one is Chen Shouniang. She refuses to remarry again because marriage mm-hmm. was so important for women back on those days that you cannot be single. She refuses to be、wow. remarried and she's been tortured to death.、Mm. Uh, I really want to translate the like the. The the things the stories that I have in front of me from this、mm. Facebook group, it's just it's so interesting. It says that why do we always see、uh, female ghost stories, but we hardly see any male stories? Because when a woman dies, they have higher chances that no one remembers them and no one、uh, have ceremonies、yeah. for them. So in Chinese tradition,、yeah. like the Buddhists, okay, they say just Buddhists, you know, certain religion traditions that. When you have someone do the ceremony and worship you, you become like ancestors or someone that will, will be remembered. But if you don't have anyone after you to do this kind of worshiping ceremonies, you become a wandering ghost. So that's why yeah, female yeah. have a higher chance. Like this, we hear so many like female ghosts in Western culture as well. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I think because、um, women, because there's such a wide sort of、um, discrepancy between a woman's desires and the reality for her to sort of act on her desires in this、mm-hmm. real world, that、um, often she becomes this enigma and this more powerful, threatening thing after she actually、mm-hmm. leaves her body. Because I,、um, a female body is limited in so many ways、yeah. that a male body isn't, and so once she, you know, actually dies,、um, she becomes this more powerful figure because she、mm-hmm. could be anything as a myth. You know, like like it reminds me of Promising Young Woman.、Um, have you seen that yet? No, I still I'm still、oh, waiting、okay. for it to come out. Okay, well, yeah, it's hard for、yeah. me to talk about this when you haven't seen it. No, I'm okay like, with what, spoilers. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know okay, about so, listeners. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone who is listening right now would have seen it, but um, she dies. The main character Cassie dies, is killed in the end,、mm-hmm. and she actually is resurrected through the medium of the technology. Like、oh. she comes back alive、mm-hmm. through like um, the phone. Like she has sort of like、uh, what is it called scheduled texts because、mm-hmm. she knew that she might die in this last kind of last coda of the movie. She、mm-hmm. goes to. Um, the sort of the arch the the main bad guy of the movie. She goes to him and then she's killed by him, and、um, so she is resurrected through this other m- medium. And then the police come and、oh, arrest、wow. the guy. I、mm-hmm. mean,、um, Wesley Morris and、um, Jenna Wortham talk about this、uh, ending really well in their latest pod podcast of、um, still processing how like、um, they're not really sure that that's actually like it's very indicative that. The writer of this story is white because, like, if you're black, you you don't see the police as this pillar of justice, you know.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, the writer of Promising a Woman is a white female.、Uh, but but yeah, it really like everything you're saying, Helen. This Chinese、um, and Taiwanese mythology of like a ghost, and it's always in the figure of a woman, really speaks to this sort of fear that men have in this world that. Um, women who are forgotten、um, are forgotten for a reason, and after they their body passes away, they are turned into this thing that are 
that becomes more threatening and bigger mm-hmm. than they were in real life, mm-hmm. you know, because a woman is just a woman. Mm. She's not a threat to society. Mm. Um, but a dead woman um, can kind of haunt you haunt in you, ways yeah. that are yeah. otherworldly, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I know. think I, I just saw that a lot of traditions are very out of date and extremely misogynist. Like it's used to... Yeah. It's used to like oppress and manipulate women like for example mm. if you don't do certain things you bring bad luck to the family like superstitions yeah. are used to control those who were not granted for critical thinking and also for those who might fear that or oh, if i don't do certain things it's very deeply rooted in our brains in the way that I see even nowadays some people, some women still follow certain traditions because they feel like they can't explain it. They just don't know how to explain it, why they still do it. Mm. They say that, oh, um, I do it because, you know, my husband tells me to do it. Um, There's still a lot of constraints for women Mm. to think for themselves as well because you might be caught in like a financial like a financial constraint. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, well, that was a very heavy topic. I feel mm. like after this chat, we should go do something nice for ourselves. Yeah, we should. Just yeah. to like chill. Well, I, I, I better get a haircut. That's nice. What about you? What are you going to do? Uh, I'm probably just going to go back and deal with the kids on school holiday. I'm just going to make lunch for them. And hopefully it doesn't rain this afternoon so we can go out and walk the dogs. Yeah, that's nice. That'll be nice. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the end of our uh, episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple. We're now on Acast. Um, give us a five-star rating if you like our show and share with your friends. We're now with the Acast support. So if you like, please support our show by donation. Buy us a coffee or a chai latte. You can find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Asian Bitches Down Under. Send us a DM or a feedback or maybe a discussion you'd like us to have on the show. So we'll chat to you next time. Yeah, let's see. This week, any, what, is, what, is, what is one thing you're really looking forward to, Helen? Probably the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's what so are you going to do? I'm just going to leave the kids with my, with my husband and just chill by myself. Good. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not even the first, the, the the ending of the first week of school holiday. I'm already like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, no. You should own whatever you feel. Okay, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.